0: Hey everyone, it's Simon here and on behalf of Maria and I, I just want to thank you for checking out our podcast. And before we get into things, we just want to let you know that this is only part of our online mini-service and you can check out the whole service and find out more about Everyone Church on our website at everyonechurch.com.au. Hope you can check it out and see the whole thing. For now, on with the podcast. The last few years I've taken the month of January to read And listen to my whole Bible in 30 days. I know that sounds extreme. It is extreme. Uh, It's a massive commitment, but it is amazing. It's called the 30 Day Shred. I'm going to do it next January. So if you want to do it with me, get ready, prepare yourself. But basically, uh, the goal of it is to read through your whole Bible in 30 days or or listen. You know, I use a lot of the audio Bible to help me, you know, can listen as I'm making coffee. And it's amazing. Number one, how much you can get through if you actually just give the time to getting through your word instead of watching TV shows or, or doing whatever other stuff you normally do uh, and you just really dedicate yourself to it It's amazing how much you can do Also you, the purpose of it is to see trends across the word you know it's kind of like uh, looking at the whole tree instead of reading the leaves that's that's the best way to describe it and it's amazing when you read a lot of your Bible in huge chunks particularly the Old Testament, you notice these kind of arc, arcs of story, you know, and arcs of of things that have happened that you don't always notice if you read one or two chapters a day. And, and one of the big um, trends that I've noticed over my four or five times of doing the 30-day shred is how God promises something and then it comes to pass. And it's amazing. You know, you read something, like for example, the first day of the 30-day shred is to read through the whole of Genesis, which I know just sounds crazy, but it's it's not as hard as you think. But you see God promise something, and then next minute it actually happens, and you're like, whoa, I just read that that was gonna happen, and it happened. We read things like this in Genesis chapter 17, verse one to five, it says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty, Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations." I mean, how epic is that? Here is God showing up like a mic drop moment. Abram, you're going to be Abraham and you're going to be the father of many nations. And he promises it. And guess what? It happens. And we're part of that, actually. But it actually happens. And it's like, whoa, look what God has done. Or read this. Uh, God promises to Jacob, who's Abraham's grandson. He promises this in Genesis 35. Your name is Jacob but you will not be called Jacob any longer. From now on, your name will be Israel. So God renamed him Israel. Then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants, and I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. I mean, how epic is that? Another mic drop moment. God promising something. And guess what? It happened. And praise God. It's amazing. But it's interesting to me when you read these promises of God, how God, he kind of um, leaves out the details as far as how they're going to get there. Um, and it, it's You know, like when you get a software update on your phone or your iPad and it has all the terms and conditions and you just hit agree, you don't actually read through all of them. It's like that, details like, hey, you know what? Abraham, Israel, I'm gonna make you a multitude. I'm gonna bless you. But things happen like, you know, details like Israel being slaves in Egypt for 400 years, or uh, they're wandering in the wilderness, or their work to conquer the promised land. Like we love the promises of God. We love them. I love them. But we often brush over (laughs) the processes of God. Uh, We love the promise. We don't always love the process. We love the destination. We don't always love the preparation. And we love to dream, or we love to dream, but we don't always like the journey or the steps forward to achieve that dream. Because in the journey, that's where we often experience pain or we experience lack of familiarity. Or in the journey, that's where it requires faith in action. You know, the journey is through the valley, right? And in many ways, it's cheap to dream. Uh, and anyone can dream. Anyone can say, I'm gonna plan a church in the MacArthur region. Anyone could say that, but, and anyone can believe a promise in the beginning. Wow, you know, if God showed up to you and audibly said to you, I'm gonna bless you, you'd probably go, okay, but can you make it to the end? And the point I wanna share and encourage us with today is that the God of the promise is also the God of the process. The God of the one day is still the God of the every day. And the God of the mountaintops is also the God of the valley. It's like, you know, we live in a world where we love the takeaway, you know, Uber Eats journeys, you know, where it costs us nothing. And, you know, this is not no Uber uh, Uber Eats um, takeaway, you know, six minute ab type of journey of faith. No, this is a day by day journey walk with God. Following Jesus is a day-by-day journey. We love the and suddenlies of God, you know, where God just suddenly intervened and something miraculously happens and just changes everything. Which I'm not dismissing those. I love those too. But for every and suddenly of God, there is like a multitude of and slowly's of God, and it's like we hold up these uh, quick moments and we go that that's god but then when something happens slowly we think that's not god like we 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 almost in the journey kind of dismiss that god could be in the midst of it and we forget that the details of the journey of the wilderness Uh, with Israel. You know, like Israel, they come from Egypt. they're, They're heading to the promised land. Amen. 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 And when Israel had come out of slavery from Egypt and they were journeying to the promised land, so many times they stopped trusting God in the midst of the process. And I believe God has great things for us as everyone church. God has great things for you and your family. God has great things ahead of us. And not only in an eternal sense, but also I believe God wants to bless your life. God wants you to move forward, to grow in him. But let's not stop trusting God in the midst of the process. You know, we've read it in the Word. We, You might have written something in your prayer journal or received something prophetically that you say, yeah, I'm holding on to that as a promise from the Lord. But don't forget to trust God in the process. Uh, I don't know what you're going through right now. I do know we're all in lockdown. That's one thing I know. But it's important that we continue to trust God in the midst of what we're going through because He is trustworthy. Amen? That's why when we look at the Bible and we see God's track record of trustworthiness, man, that should fill us with hope, with courage to trust God in the midst of our circumstance. I think there's no... um, stretch to to notice that our nation, much of our nation is in the midst of a bit of a wilderness season and it's in the wilderness season that and for those who don't know the story, I encourage you to read Genesis, Exodus, you know, the journey of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. It's an amazing, amazing recount of what God has done. But the wilderness is this journey in between. Right, And it's in the wilderness where the grumblers come out, the quitters, those who stop trusting God. Uh, like look at in Numbers chapter 14. So God takes Israel out of Egypt, miraculously. They pass through the Red Sea, miraculously. He provides for them in the wilderness, miraculously, for decades. And just as they're about to enter the promised land, where God had been taking them, it says this in Numbers 14, verse two. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Imagine that. They would rather be back where they were (laughs) and die where they were than go through the journey and the process to get where God was taking them. And guess what? That can be me sometimes. And that can be you sometimes as well. That can be all of us. You're like, man, I'm sick of lockdown. Man, I'm sick of trying to have kids. Man, I'm sick of trying to save up to buy a house. Oh man, I'm sick of praying for God to pull through in this situation. But I want to encourage you. Hey, don't give up. Keep trusting God because he is trustworthy. Do you know anybody who was following Jesus pre-pandemic and now they've kind of fallen off the face of the earth? If you do, make sure you reach out to them, contact them. But this is the thing, is the wilderness seasons always, uh, they reveal our motivations. They reveal our struggles. They reveal our distractions. It's kind of like, like this is where we are or where we have been. And this is where God is taking us. And this line in between, yeah, that's called the journey. That's full of mountains and valleys and trials and tribulations. And I like to refer to it as the middle, stuck in the middle between where God wants to take you and where you are right now. That journey, that process towards the promise. And it's important that we don't lose heart in the middle. And I want to ask a couple questions to help us kind of reflect on where we might be in our heart, in our mind. Some questions for you and for me for us while we're in the middle. You know that song, stuck in the middle with you. Yeah, that's where we are. Me and you, lockdown, kids, home schooling. Man, it's tough. I I know. We're in the middle of it. But here are some questions for you. Are you allowing yourself to be prepared or discouraged? Are you allowing yourself to be prepared in this season or to be discouraged? You know, there may be restrictions on the outside, but I've made a decision and I hope you can make the decision with me that on the inside, I'm free. I'm full of hope, joy, and peace. I refuse to allow exterior restrictions to restrict my heart and my walk with the Lord, especially, you know, in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that God, the source of your hope, would fill you with joy and peace. Come on, man. This is what we're talking about. We. Are, what are you? What are you filling your thoughts with? What, what are you? What's coming out of your mouth? Um, gratitude or grumbling? Faith or fear? Are you allowing yourself in this wilderness season, in this journey, this middle ground, to be prepared? or to be discouraged. Question number two is, is what you're hoping for enough to get you through the journey? Like, Have you ever looked up on Google Maps or something, a, a destination like, hey, I'm gonna drive here, I'm gonna check this out, and you see how long it takes to drive there and you just kinda pull the plug and go, no way, man, I'm not driving two hours just to do that. You know, so many times we can be in a place where We look at the destination and we get on the journey and we just think, this just isn't worth the price we're paying. But can I encourage you, what God wants to call us to is worth the journey. It's worth it. It's worth the preparation. It's worth the sharpening. And what I love about Jesus is that he doesn't hide these details from us. He doesn't. In his time on earth, he said a lot of stuff. And one of the things he talked about was what was gonna happen to people in times like this. Now, this isn't an end times sermon, okay, so don't freak out too much. But my point is that Jesus doesn't hide the details. Let's look at what, how Jesus describes the process, the middle ground between where we are and where God is taking us. Listen to how he describes this to the disciples in Matthew chapter 24. It says this Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Then you will be arrested and persecuted and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Very encouraging sermon, Jesus. It's like Jesus is saying, hey, uh, all this bad stuff's going to happen. And then that's only the beginning. Then more bad stuff is going to happen. But in the midst of it, in the midst of the process, in the midst of that middle journey, the good news will be preached to all the nations. So that means in the midst of that, there are going to be people willing workers who say, despite the circumstances, Lord, here I am, send me. In the middle of the trial, not waiting for it to end, are you one of them? Are you one of them? Am I one of them? You know, there's some people who wait for the fire to end. There's some people who run from the fire and there's some people who run through the fire. You know, one of our core values is that we live Mission minded and missions minded people, they don't give up when the going gets tough. They know their mission. They know what's ahead of them. You know, It's time to rise up. It's time to encourage ourselves in the Lord. It's time to be filled with hope because the one who we hope in does not disappoint. It's time to pray, look, listen and act. Just like Maria encouraged us about a couple of weeks ago. Don't allow restrictions to restrict you. You. Let's get prepared. Let's get full of hope, peace, and joy. Let's trust that the God of the promise is also the God of the process. Amen? That's the God we serve. He's, he's faithful. He's trustworthy. He's worthy of trust. Amen? And I don't know where you're at today. You might be in a place of frustration. You might feel tied down. But can I encourage you? Let's rise up. Let's build ourselves, encourage ourselves in the Lord. Let's look to him. Let's fix our thoughts, our, our our hearts on him and how good he is. And let's keep moving forward in Jesus name. Amen. I want to challenge you this week. Hey, spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in God's word. Give someone a phone call. Encourage yourself and, and keep your mind open to what God might want to do through you in this season. Have a great week.